A written transcript of this episode is provided by Starburst. For more information, you can see the show notes. Welcome to Data Mesh Radio with your host, Scott Herlman, sponsored by Starburst. This is Adrian Estala, VP of Data Mesh Consulting Services at Starburst and host of Data Mesh TV. Starburst is the leading sponsor for Trino, the open source project, and Jamak's Data Mesh book, delivering data-driven value at scale. To claim your free book, head over to starburst.io. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Hurlman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes. I've now left Data Stacks, you know, thanks for all their help in founding things, but I've left to start Data Mesh Understanding, which is also helping practitioners to get to the information needed to do Data Mesh well. We have free implementer introductions and roundtable programs, in addition to the more advanced yet affordable offerings. So please do get in touch if you're looking for more information on how to do, how to approach Data Mesh. Just check datameshunderstanding.com for more info. There's also a helpful organization of past Data Mesh radio episodes there if you want to dig into specific topics rather than digging through 200 different episodes. So with that, let's hit the funky intro music and listen to what you'll hear about in this interview episode. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Luca Paganelli, a data architect at the Italian utility group O'Hara. Here are seven interesting points and or key takeaways I had from the conversation. Number one, introducing new concepts and ways of working around data slowly, you know, not looking to make a hard shift, has worked well. When group O'Hara debuted their new data strategy manifesto, none of it was a surprise, and it was already relatively in line with the way many were talking about data and moving forward on their data journeys. Number two, Hera's data analytics and intelligence automation, or DAIA team, is not forcing domains to comply with Hera's data mesh-inspired guidelines but instead working with them closely to help the domains achieve their data-related goals, delivering, quote-unquote, the right thing. That gives the DAIA team strong influence to direct the domain's approach to data work without pushback and gives domains better confidence in the guidelines and can mitigate that analysis paralysis risk. This lack of rigidity and strong rules created a better socio-technical environment to innovate, but it can mean nothing really feels standardized because the domains can still choose to go a different direction. Number three, the paradigm shift was initially steep for both IT and domain owners, but domain owners realized how much better they could serve themselves and external data consumers if they took over more data ownership. IT was afraid to give up control, 
but started to buy into the leverage and expertise they can provide by empowering the business domains to do great things with their data. Number four, a concern with not having broad standardization is bespoke solutions, so it is hard to create broad reuse. There's also a challenge of people not being sure how much they can trust the data products. The DAIA team believes the trade-off is worth it to drive initial buy-in with domain owners. Number five, defining data products has been a struggle. This is something we hear in a lot of from a lot of organizations. There is a chicken and egg issue of number one, needing to understand who from the business should be involved in designing a data product. And number two, data domains must be discovered to know who are the subject matter experts from the business to involve. So <laughs> you need to understand what's the domain uh, before you can understand who exactly should be involved and kind of vice versa. Number six, for Hera, they are looking for data products to first serve their domain owners. This can be a slippery slope as domains may have valuable information, but that that information isn't useful for them to analyze for their own purposes. So then other domains can't get to that data. But getting domains to freely share their data is a common incentivization problem. So they're seeing this as down the path they can <laughs> potentially have those domains uh, start to share data that isn't specifically useful for themselves. And lastly, number seven, purely technical-focused data products will probably not serve demand. We need to focus on sharing information. What is the data saying? What is it about? Information is more than the ones and zeros of data. Okay, enough of just me. Let's hear from our awesome guest in this interview episode. Very excited for today's episode. I've got Luca Paganelli here, who's a data architect in Grupa Hero. And so we're going to be talking about a, a lot of different things today, potentially. But a lot of it is talking about starting from one of these organizations that is kind of viewed as from that legacy type of organization type and moving towards something that is pretty advanced, like data mesh. And uh, an organization that was in a lot of different entities and different IT groups and lots of shadow IT. And how do you move towards um, creating a single data strategy that people can buy into? That it's not just, hey, we're we're going to be data-driven and that's the data strategy. That's not really a data strategy. So we're going to cover a lot of, of that. And, and what is Hera's North Star when it comes to data mesh and data strategy in general, and, and just a lot of things kind of interwoven into, into there. But it's going to be a lot of, of kind of Luca telling a story. And, and with that as kind of the backdrop, Luca, if you don't mind, if you could give people a bit of an introduction to yourself and maybe uh, Hera as well. Yeah, sure. Thank you for, uh, for having me today. 
I work in the technology industry uh, for 20 years, more or less. And, uh, and uh, I mainly focused on uh, application development. I, I moved to data in the last uh, five years, more or less. And uh, it's, uh, it's more or less two years uh, uh, since I joined uh, Grupo Era just to enter a, a new uh, organization unit that was created uh, uh, half of a, of a year before I joined. And that is focused on uh, data analytics uh, and uh, intelligent automation inside ERA. ERA is uh, comprised of uh, um, more or less 20 legal entities today. It was created uh, 20 years ago from uh, 11 local utilities that merged into one single uh, group. Today, we are uh, 10,000 people, more or less. And uh, we are focused on uh, a, a number of uh, utility services uh, from energy distribution to uh, overall integrated water services, uh, aqueducts and, and sewage, uh, environmental services together with the uh, commercialization of the energy services. We are listed at the Milan Stock Exchange and we live into an highly uh, regulated system. And uh, this is the point where our data journey uh, initially started. Uh, that was uh, preparing reports uh, for multiple authority bodies. And uh, our first demand was norma normative. Uh, our second one was top directional. And um, we now have an architecture that uh, comprises a, a, a larger number of applications. And uh, one is the, the most advanced uh, plant remote control system in Europe for utilities. And we have <laughs> one of the largest implementation of the package software I, I will not mention uh, today. And uh, we have a strong service that delivers both authority, authority reporting and the user billing and the directional boards. But we have a largest number of multiple spreadsheets and network shares that, shares that are full of CSE files and, um, and uh, all, a number of non-IT uh, applications uh, that uh, uh, that created our initial uh, data analytics uh, practice. Then two years ago was uh, created uh, this structure, the data analytics and intelligent automation, uh, in order to uh, take this track record on delivering uh, interesting application also on the artificial intelligence side and uh, um, a trend of getting uh, citizen data scientists into the business lines. So we were ready ready to scale up our data governance. And we found uh, in uh, the four principles of data mesh an interesting starting point. I think that's a really, I mean, it's a great backdrop. And I think it's interesting to talk about what were the challenges or the opportunities that you were seeing that made you say, 
okay, we're we're ready to kind of head down this path. What were the things that were right? We we talked about that we're gonna kind of discuss the manifesto and where you want to head, but what were the signals that you were seeing where it was like, this could be the right fit for us? Because a lot of people, they're not sure if data mesh is right for them. And I don't want to tell people data mesh is right for everybody. It, there's a cost to decentralizing. There's a cost to going down this path. You know, Hopefully there's a very, very big payoff. But what, what was the signals that you were seeing that made it say, this is, is probably worth it, that the juice is worth the squeeze? Yeah, well, I think the the main uh, the main uh, point uh, that uh, uh, inspired us to move towards the mesh was that um, uh, the, there were a huge gap between uh, those that uh, was uh, um, the uh, authority reporting and those data that uh, effectively moved uh, the company so that's why we created a, a very complex uh, uh, enterprise solution to deliver the former and that's why there was uh, <laughs> a distributed uh, practice uh, in uh, handling the latter but uh, with uh, uh, much much uh, more uh, um, much more poor tools than the previous one uh, with uh, Excel files, uh, Microsoft Access files, uh, and so on. And that's why uh, we consider that uh, we needed to um, to close the gap between these two sides. And uh, we were ready to distribute the practice inside the company. We also were ready to uh, consider uh, the, some a number of more technical activities uh, into the business, uh, also because the business already embraced um, a, a transformation that uh, uh, that put the, the business more near to the technology with uh, uh, what we call um, the digital workplace uh, program. And uh, with the digital workplace program, uh, the business already started creating small apps, uh, uh, very simplified uh, uh, custom apps that can uh, uh, fill the gap uh, uh, where processes are not uh, uh, already already digitalized into the enterprise IT, and and so we we thought that uh, um, considering uh, um, <clears throat> uh, an approach that that uh, that could be more structured than uh, the, the digital workplace program, but uh, uh, far less uh, decentralized than. Uh, uh, the current um, data warehouses we have to both uh, handle um, uh, utilities authorities and uh, and uh, the, the stock exchange requirements uh, to be a target operating model that can uh, that can work for us. 
That makes sense. So uh, I think it's interesting. This is not the first uh, organization that's kind of been on the podcast that's talked about their authority reporting, their uh, regulatory reporting has been extremely advanced (laughs) and that the data and analytics side for actually driving the business has been um, not quite as advanced and has been underloved. And, And I think what what you were talking about with kind of shadow IT as well of you start to have all of these things that are really useful for one to two people, but you know that reuse scaling towards reuse just doesn't happen because it's like hey we're filling this gap, but that gap you know might only be filled for the internal facing instead of you know kind of data on the inside or processes on the inside. Instead of how could we actually share this with other organizations to to get this to be leveraged and so we can actually drive the business from a complete picture instead of somebody going and and trying to to find all the pixels and (laughs) combine them into a single picture. It's like, let's actually have the pixels come together to create the picture in in a cohesive way. So I I really like that that structure. Um, So was there any specific, I'm I'm guessing there wasn't like a a single aha moment, but was there anything that really drove that this was the time? Was it that you were, that the organization, I know it started a little bit before you joined, but was it that the organization was ready for this or was there something that that was a catalyst to say, we really need to, to move forward on this side? Uh, well, I, I I don't think that uh, there have been uh, a, a, a single um, point of discontinuity because uh, um, there were uh, uh, very much push from the uh, CEO and uh, and the director of innovation to um, evolve uh, uh, the practice of the analytics that. W- was already in place where we we have we had uh, already a, a community of more than 300 people colleagues uh, that uh, uh, periodically um, testimoniated uh, projects uh, where they were involved or where they created approaches to both the business intelligence and uh, um, and uh, artificial intelligence and. Um, then we uh, we started um, a, um, a slow journey where we um, worked as a part of the of the organization, the, a part that uh, comprised uh, us as the uh, analytics intelligent automation, the enterprise IT, the uh, CISO, and the uh, HR director where we um, we tried to create a, a kind of a framework that uh, that uh, was inspired by data mesh and uh, that created a number of guidelines then uh, uh, at the end of the of the 2021 uh, together with the CEO and uh, all the board of directors uh, we Mm, let's say we kicked off uh, these frameworks, uh, this uh, this framework, uh, to uh, to the group. Uh, we uh, make made uh, it public, but uh, the the making uh, 
making the, the framework public was not a, uh, a surprise to all the other uh, stakeholders in the group because we, we worked a lot uh, introducing uh, those topics, uh, those uh, inspiration that uh, uh, was later included in this framework. And now this framework uh, uh, creates, uh, creates a vision, a vision uh, to walk uh, uh, towards. It's not uh, a requirement. It's not any mandatory steps uh, to, to follow. It's, it's an, ins an inspiration that is uh, backed by a number of, uh, uh, of uh, um, in industry, technology industry experiences, data mesh, data management at scale uh, by Pitain Strangold uh, and, uh, and uh, all the other um, uh, books uh, that uh, give uh, the framework uh, uh, the idea that is nothing uh, <laughs> creating from scratch that becomes uh, comes from the experience uh, of the international data communities but the most important thing in, in our change management approach is that is both not mandatory so the business chooses uh, what to do what to implement what what which guidelines to to follow which guidelines is today unable to follow and uh, we work uh, together with business together with IT in every single project uh, to try to uh, take uh, their current issues and to uh, demonstrate, uh, to try to demonstrate, inspire in uh, uh, reading the guidelines as a response to their current issues. Uh, we are uh, we 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 are not a, te a, a tech company. Many many topics inside uh, these books, uh, data mesh and so on, uh, are a bit uh, too difficult for our people to completely understand because we don't uh, we don't have that that mind, that software engineering mindset we have very little software engineers in in the company so we need to uh, have a, a reference that is solid but it's not it's not alone it's it's not uh, only that uh, that uh, written words uh, that works for us is getting into the project, seeing the, the little scope of the project to uh, rephrase, reward what is in the guidelines uh, to make them real, actual for the, for the stakeholder, for the current stakeholder. And so we, we are trying to mix uh, as much as possible uh, the long-term strategy with uh, any single uh, uh, tactical action to perform uh, in every single project uh, um, to progressively uh, uh, maturate and uh, try to reach the vision 
also we <laughs> we try to uh, rearticulate the vision when we find uh, that something that uh, seemed uh, a little more easy to achieve uh, is uh, very complex uh, for us to achieve so we also um, uh, change the vision to make it more uh, more afford affordable for uh, our context yeah I, th I think you a lot of what you said there is something that um, echoes through a lot of uh, these conversations like one thing that I tell people to do is literally in every single document that's going to be seen outside of the data community to replace the the words data mesh with unicorn farts because it shouldn't be that you're talking about data mesh to somebody outside of the data org they don't care data mesh is an approach but it doesn't matter to them that it's called data mesh it doesn't matter to the it's 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 a gateway to confusion of them going, oh, oh, wow, I have to do all these 50 different things and all that versus make it, take it and put it in their context. Like when we talk about domain-driven design, ubiquitous language, ubiquitous language for people outside of the data community relative to data mesh is that you shouldn't be talking about data mesh. You should be talking about what, what does this actually mean? And, and I think a lot of what you were talking about there of, of re-articulating is really important because of um, kind of setting your North Star is, is, is valuable. And then, but exactly what the, the kind of star background around that North Star is going to constantly be moving and evolving and changing because you're, you're going to be learning. And if you just say, this is our set picture, this is exactly what we have to do, you're going to head for a, a lot of <laughs> failure versus making people feel seen and heard, but then actually hearing them and adjusting, <laughs> right? Not just being like, I, I, you, I, I hear what you're saying. You're like, oh no, I'm actually hearing what you're saying. And here's what we actually changed because of what you said. And, and that it's not, why aren't you getting this? It's, hey, like, let's, let's exchange our, each other's contacts. And that uh, kind of what you talked about as well of, I think data democratization, data literacy, documentation, so much of it is, I'm just going to write things down and expect that you understand it versus let's have an actual conversation to exchange this context. And people think that doesn't scale, but you can record a session of people asking questions or you can say, you know, oh, I've got this data product and I'm going to record like three different videos and, and I'm going to record a five minute Q and A session with people from three different perspectives. So I'm going to take a data analyst. I'm going to take, you know, somebody from the business and I'm going to take a data scientist and like all of that. So I really like how much you're talking about active listening and adjusting and that you're um, being very, very open. So like, you, you did take a lot of this time to set your manifesto before kind of sharing it with everybody. You know, some people are trying to move very, very quickly with data mesh. It, you, you really spent a lot of time with even not, like you said, not necessarily that everybody has to do exactly the data mesh way. How do you think that's impacted the reception and your journey? Because you spent the time to 
<laughs> kind of do the homework and the plumbing beforehand, but it did potentially mean that you didn't move as quickly as you could have. Like, how do you feel about that puts and takes there? Yeah, um, well, the, the, the main point uh, uh, was that we progressively introduced um, all the topics that are inside the, the guidelines and the manifesto while uh, uh, continuing uh, the projects. So it, I, I think uh, it was not uh, um, it was not measured. Uh, mm, let's say the feeling of uh, of the management uh, was not uh, of um, of something that uh, uh, required a lot of time to be created because uh, in at some point it appeared whereas we were supporting the projects we never discontinued our support to the projects and uh, strangely when the manifesto appeared uh, was not uh, a, a a lightning uh, in, 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 uh, but uh, it was uh, something uh, that was already um, something into the manifesto was already in the in the way people started to talking about we already introduced uh, something that was data as a product uh, or uh, as something that was domain driven design the term domain was uh, or, uh, um, when we published the manifesto was already something part uh, of the company and uh, uh, there was a time where um, when uh, when uh, our ceo uh, told uh, my the, the head of uh, of uh, data analytics and intelligent automation, my 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 chief, my head, that uh, um, uh, he was surprised that uh, many businesses already have in their in their uh, in their blood <laughs> these terms and this way of thinking about uh, data products uh, and so on. Mm, sometimes uh, it is a kind of a gut feeling that maybe is not so real, okay? But was was uh, uh, important for uh, for us and for the the, the overall um, uh, success of this program uh, to uh, uh, that it it seemed uh, something that was. Uh, already reality so there there have never been uh, um, the the problem of uh, running uh, running uh, out of any on a deadline because it was uh, something uh, uh, on top uh, something uh, that was uh, that that wasn't uh, uh, in in our mission so clear Okay, so it was a, a, some some kind of unexpected deliverable that uh, was on top of our mission that was uh, working into the projects, uh, the, the business lines uh, had uh, pertaining uh, data analytics and intelligent automation, 
and uh, and uh, and and created a a, a governance uh, a governance framework. Yeah, I I think that the more that I talk to people, the more I'm seeing that if you decide that it's a hard shift towards data mesh, that's the that's the way to really create a lot of friction towards it, right? Versus, hey, we're going to layer this in, we're going to make this where, you know, when you think about when people move to microservices, you know, you, I'm sure you're uh, from coming from the application world, you're, you're more than familiar with all the stories of people who tried to smash the monolith instead of thin slicing, right? Of where you go in and you just shatter all the things. And it's like, everything is new from today to, you know, yesterday is, is the past. Today is the way forward versus like, Hey, we're, we're going to evolve towards this because that's the way that it's not sudden change. People react very poorly to sudden change. Yeah, I think uh, I think that uh, uh, the success of a, a program of this kind uh, depends on uh, a, a, a large number of factors, each positioned in every single person that is involved in the program itself. And I think uh, uh, in uh, Grupo Era, we have uh, a very positive environment uh, uh, towards innovation. Um, as 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 uh, as you uh, understood, uh, our practice was uh, was greenfield on analytics because uh, all the other was uh, authority reporting, so was only to 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 do the homework uh, that the teacher asked you to do. So it was greenfield. It was uh, very innovative. It is very very innovative innovative and uh, um, the the people in uh, in our company um, uh, got uh, and are getting the opportunity to experiment this uh, this new approach with uh, a lot of uh, mm, I, I don't call it fear, but th- there are issues that arise when uh, when we both uh, present the approach and when we <clears throat> walk through it during the projects. But are are uh, they they can envision the benefits uh, that uh, the approach. Uh, Mm, promises okay and uh, they so they are looking positively to the issues uh, the the most of the issues are organizational it's not technical it's uh, organizational and 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 this is uh, the the main uh, advantage of of this approach because uh, not only the issues today in looking at data mesh are organizational, also the issues uh, that uh, uh, that uh, was in the legacy solution, the legacy approaches were organizational. So <clears throat> there, there is, there were 
an ownership that was mainly technical, mainly technical. There was a, 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 um, a, an equilibrium between business and IT where the business were used to um, define a requirement at the very high level, very, very, very high level. And all the rest uh, were delivered by IT with uh, little to no involvement uh, in the business uh, that uh, at the end uh, of the waterfall received uh, the the products uh, received uh, what uh, what they needed and so when you <laughs> approach domain driven design and you 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 tell the the business that is owner of the solution the first uh, <clears throat> The first uh, uh, reaction is the fear of the ownership. But surprisingly, when the ownership uh, is uh, somewhat real, there is much more involvement uh, in the solution, uh, in the design. And this was uh, on the side of the business. On the side of the IT, uh, there is the the same... um, the same uh, um, change uh, change uh, challenges because the IT now needs to um, evolve his uh, delivery model to uh, uh, empower the business and to onboard the business in uh, much far. Uh, than was at the at, at the at the beginning of the journey, we we had the very siloed uh, um, processes where um, there there were a unit that gathered the requirements, another unit that delivered the application, another another unit that delivered the infrastructure, and then another unit that took uh, the operations of the of the software, and we are. We are uh, envisioning in in the new data strategy an agile team when all these people gather uh, uh, gather around around uh, a, a data product, and, and this is uh, very different uh, from the the initial approach. We are trying to <laughs> keep business and and IT as close as possible but we we have um, we have uh, uh, strong uh, reactions on both the IT and the business so we we understand we are we are going well because we are uh, we 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 are uh, touching the the pain points uh, we are uh, we are uh, uh, creating uh, the change. Uh, if if everybody is uh, is uh, no, um, uh, it's uh, it's uh, so so much uh, um, has this kind of reaction. I think uh, it's positive. Yeah, I mean, if everybody's super comfortable, then you're not really pushing the envelope. But you have to get people to to recognize that there are challenges and that you can overcome them together and that you don't just say, you now have to do these things. It's like, hey, 
we understand that this is, was a challenge historically. Let's work together to figure it out. I think that's that's a, a really powerful approach. And it, it sounds kind of simple when you say it out loud, but it's like, but nobody's been doing it, right? <laughs> like, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, if we really, really work together, um, but people in a lot of organizations are so focused on delivering something instead of delivering the right thing that, you know, if you kind of work with them towards let's really, really focus on the right thing and spending our, our energy towards that at first, it's like, well, but I need to do the things instead of the right thing and kind of getting them to pop up to a higher level and really think about what is the right thing for the long term. I, I just saw this interesting thing on LinkedIn from some guy talking about uh, B2B marketing strategy. And he just okay. kept talking about how so many people keep doing the quick win stuff and that those quick wins lead to feeling like you've got a lot of momentum, but they just are fleeting. And so like, how do you work towards that long term, even if something might not have the payoff you know, this month or next month, but like it's going to have the payoff down the road. And I think a lot of what you're talking about is that of, of working with people and, and getting them to understand the reason for the change and then empowering them and, and making it so that it's not just you figure it out. It's, hey, you have the knowledge as to what can have the most benefit. And so we want to unlock that but we also want to make sure that we unlock it and not just hand it and throw it on your plate. Yeah, yeah. The, currently, we we are mainly focused on uh, delivering the right thing. And uh, we are trying to approach uh, with uh, very high flexibility the delivery the thing right. Okay, so we have the vision, we have... Uh, the techniques uh, we have uh, uh, e everything in the guidelines uh, but we we are not creating uh, today um, rules uh, to mm, to discriminate a, a well done data product with a data product that has a higher or lower technical depth uh, inside and uh, so uh, our plan uh, to, is to recover also on the on the um, technical quality of the product uh, when uh, the um, organizational side the the social <laughs> uh, social side of the socio technical approach uh, is uh, is addressed and when um, uh, there is um, more confidence uh, in uh, in uh, in delivering data products uh, through through the data mesh uh, approach and uh, with the risk of uh, having uh, a large variety of quality in data products uh, that uh, will be definitely definitely uh, higher than current uh, spreadsheets uh, and so on so uh, this is another point uh, I think it's um, it's a, a, um, 
uh, a success factor for us uh, of not being too rigid in the architecture of the solution, in the uh, technical side of the solution. Okay. Uh, apologies if there's a bit of a jump here, just there was an audio issue. But um, what you were talking about that you weren't really enforcing standardization. And and one thing that I've kind of had a lot of people talk about is standards, not standardization, about not enforcing, forcing people to go down a certain path. But another thing that a lot of people have talked about relative to scaling their data mesh implementation is that they are finding constant reuse. You know, uh, Henrik Gothberg, I don't know if, if uh, you've talked with, with Henrik at all, but um, he was talking about that what's really, really helped them to scale is finding these patterns of reuse. And they might even throw out their uh, data product. It's that it's so much, you know, their initial few data products, because it's so much about finding those easy paths for people creating these data products. So I'm wondering what you're you're seeing around reuse, not just reuse of data, but reuse of patterns and processes and things like that. If you're giving people so much freedom, are you are you still finding success in finding those patterns to reuse? Um, and and are, do you have a vision to kind of r- collapse into a way of these are the kind of recommended ways of working? And if you want to go off on your own, that's okay. But you know, here here's the easy path if you want to kind of go down that route. Okay, so we we choose the, to um, get an approach uh, where uh, where there is uh, more empowerment uh, on uh, on uh, both IT and business. You know, our 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 uh, uh, situation is uh, that we as a data analytics and intelligent automation uh, structure are neither IT nor business. So we need to uh, um, to have both of them and uh, as we have a, a large number of businesses, we also have a number of ITs that are uh, at least four different ITs uh, to um, to onboard on the on the um, on the new data strategy, and uh, and the, the point is uh, that uh, our context uh, is is not so um, so um, highly highly technological so mm, the guidelines uh, the, there are the, there are the guidelines there is uh, a number of um, uh, elements that are aimed to create standardization in the data products but the the main point of our approach is uh, you are the owner you uh, take the decision I am here to um, give you the the, the 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 most information as possible to let you uh, take the good decision, uh, being a you IT or business. 
okay? Because uh, this way, um, you, <coughs> you, um, well, I, I, I'm convinced that uh, if you are given all the information, you, you will, uh, uh, you will uh, approach uh, <laughs> uh, the same solution to one problem. If you know the problem well, you will go to the right decision because uh, the right solution. Because uh, otherwise, uh, I don't know. Uh, otherwise, uh, there would be geniuses and uh, and the person that are are. Uh, completely with with no brain okay so the point uh, is giving you all the information is uh, working with you analyzing the trade-offs uh, between uh, uh, leveraging excel or something uh, that is uh, uh, more structured more uh, more uh, resilient uh, um, and so on and then uh, in in our experience in these two years of experience uh, this works uh, because uh, every every choice you will uh, you will take will bring problems every every the point is uh, um being uh, being um, uh, committed to resolve uh, these these problems so the, the my 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 point is not to um mandate you to create a data product in one specific uh, with with a with a specific solution but to uh, help you discover the problem space as much as possible to take the solution that is uh, uh, as best as possible is uh, is inspiring and not uh, uh, mandating it, it's kind of it's guiding people towards the hey here's if you have that discussion of um, no you shouldn't do it that way then people are defensive versus like okay if you want to do it that way what we've seen are these five challenges that come with it. And these three are really, really difficult to, to get through. Um, and then kind of not saying, okay, you've got, you should go this other way. It's like other people are heading this way. And so then you've only got these three challenges and one of them is really, really difficult, but the other two aren't that, that difficult. And we're going to help you either way that you go, but like this one is going to be more work. And, and I don't know if that's as, as, useful but if you want to go down that route we're going to help you with it we're going to we're going to commit to being there i, I think yeah if you're if you're calling them a, a, a an owner then you have to give them the ownership right it's not just you have the responsibility it's you have that that empowerment to to go and make decisions yeah yeah sure sure but the the interesting point uh, is that um if um if you approach uh, this way, um, if you approach uh, in uh, uh, in letting the business uh, um, find the solution, then the business uh, or the IT, uh, the, the the other the, the other side, 
uh, will uh, will uh, ask uh, uh, with more commitment your uh, your help your guidance and the guidance uh, is um, is more effective because um, the, the 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 real point <clears throat> is that we have uh, um, we are neither business nor IT, so um, we we cannot uh, uh, approach uh, a, a, a model where we are able to deliver the solution nowadays. So uh, I, 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 I I am also unable to um, mandate something that I will not uh, create on on my side. So. Um, I, I I think the the way we are we are acting uh, currently creates uh, uh, more empowerment, and uh, I think I see that uh, the solutions uh, more or less uh, are uh, are created uh, uh, all all the same way, all the same way because you are giving everybody the right context, and the solution comes. Uh, um, automatically, they <laughs> say. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's uh, if you can set yourself up to do that. I think that works really, really well. Um, one thing that we had talked about um, that you've—I mean, we haven't really talked much technical at all. So, like organizational challenges within data mesh are are very difficult. But like, how have you? worked with teams to get comfortable with these changes. You know, when you think about a very siloed organization, people who own those silos typically aren't real happy with you taking their people away. How, how are you dealing with that kind of reporting structure? How are you dealing with kind of the career advancement side? You know, if you take a data engineer and you stick them in the domain, that domain may be very happy, but that data engineer might not because they're like, oh, oh, but my career development, my, my domain owner doesn't have any idea of how to develop a data engineer or even a data scientist's career. So how, how are you working across those those challenges? Okay, well, um, we are uh, working a lot uh, with uh, with uh, HR to to create a change management program, and uh, uh, at the same time, uh, we are um delivering uh, half of our time uh, talking uh, with uh, uh, with uh, different levels uh, in the organization to promote uh, these uh, these topics uh, because we see uh, much engagement uh, on the lower levels uh, that need uh, uh, help also to sell this type of activity to their uh, to their direct reports and uh, so we mix uh, um, we mix uh, uh, conversations outside of the projects with the conversation within the projects and typically <laughs> the trade-off is uh, not so uh, uh, not so much early before the project starts because everything you talk about uh, is something that is completely outside of any scope, something that is uh, 
cosmic <laughs> and uh, not too much uh, after the kickoff of the project uh, because it's too late <laughs> so <laughs> this is uh, this is the the um, the, the trade-off uh, we always try to to better to 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 catch it best and uh, we sometimes we we go right sometimes we are too late sometimes we are uh, too early and on the on the technical roles um, i think there is uh, less than a problem because we leverage a lot uh, technology partners so is more uh, on um, working with technology partners before the project starts and during the project uh, to um, improve the ability in delivering uh, these kind of projects then uh, on uh, um, careers inside the company for that engineers that are architects uh, because uh, it's a very very small uh, little to no population of of uh, um of uh, te- technical expertise interesting and and another thing that i wanted to to talk about as well um that we talked about a little bit in in uh what we were going to cover was around data products so you've got two different flavors of data products and a lot of people are really having a lot of difficulty in defining their their data products. Literally just, you know, uh, I've seen multiple organizations where it takes them a couple of months to really define what is a data product. So could you help people that are kind of stuck on that get unstuck or some advice in defining that and what, what you've done from a definition standpoint? Yeah, well, we also have uh, struggled, uh, continuously struggle in uh, creating data products. the The initial, the initial um, conversations are about uh, how big and how many, <laughs> uh, with no context at all. How many and how big? No context uh, in uh, in place. And um, the, the the second point uh, is uh, uh, if they are uh, some kind of uh, mirror of the source system uh, or something else. And um, so we we are trying at best to to use a domain driven design to. Um, to define the boundaries of the data products and uh, to use uh, um, as much as much as possible the the uh, experience uh, um, the subject matter expertise of the business in defining uh, in defining them and and this is a challenge because uh, the business is not used to approach this way uh, the technical solution is a is a, a technical uh, deliverable is not uh, something that the business uh, is involved uh, in uh, in designing it 
there were a number a number of uh, tentatives. We we tried uh, even storming. We tried uh, an, a, a number of also custom uh, custom implementations, uh, custom approaches to the strategic patterns of domain-driven design. And um, uh, the, 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 uh, the problem that is more big uh, is uh, that um, is a kind of chicken and egg problem. Uh, so you, you have to design the data products uh, to understand uh, what from the business uh, involve who, who, who has to be involved uh, from the business. And you have you need people from the business to design data products. <laughs> so <laughs> there, is a, there is a kind of problem. The guidelines we are trying to, to use um, uh, split uh, uh, the data product design into two main archetypes. We define domain data products, uh, those data products that are uh, aimed to uh, reflect uh, the digital information that is gathered uh, or produced by the business in performing their operations. And we, we name uh, consumption data products uh, the uh, data products that are eventually needed uh, when, uh, uh, um, when uh, pursuing uh, a, a specific business case. And uh, we are trying not to um design uh, data products um, mm, up front uh, but uh, uh, in the context of a business case uh, pushing both business and IT to split uh, the reasoning around the business case uh, into two dimensions the business case uh, creates uh, a, a data demands and information demands, and the information demands uh, um, points out which domains needs to be need to be provisioned, delivered. So, uh, with this information, only those domains uh, are. Uh, subject to discovery and uh, the domain data products and only the domain data products that has a, a business case value support are designed created and delivered this way we we try to avoid uh, the creation of data products uh, mm, as a standalone activity that creates uh, little to no value. But at the same time, we avoid uh, um, doing uh, a number of, of use cases and never reasoning about the reuse of the data products. So we split uh, between uh, general purpose data products that are the domain data products and uh, uh, fit for purpose. Uh, data products that are the consumption the consumption data products and we also try to make a, 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 as small as possible the uh, 
um, the scope uh, of the domain data products because the domain can can become uh, <laughs> uh, bigger and bigger when when you start diving into and uh, and start discovering yeah i think that uh understanding what is the data on the inside and what is on the data on the outside right the data on the outside is the data that you want to share and that's going to have value and that it's funny because um i did talk to somebody who was mentioning that uh, or I might have heard it in some place. Uh, I can't remember exactly where, but they were talking about um, the. Oh yeah, it was Emmanuel Schweizer. He was talking about um, that for a domain to start publishing their data, it may not be that any one use case is valuable enough to. If you try and assign all of the value to that one initial use case, that it's valuable enough to get that domain to share their data or that you have to find, you know, three really big, big use cases, but there might be 70 smaller use cases or whatever, where it would be very valuable if this uh, information were available. And so like finding that balance, I think is, is uh, an interesting question, but um, we're coming up on, on, on an hour. So I don't, I think, I think that's like a a potentially 45 minute conversation. <laughs> I think it's, it's a really, really uh, yeah. interesting one, but I think a lot of what you said um, plays into that as well. So I think that's, I think that, that finding specific use cases is really important in a lot of cases because of exactly what you said of, well, this might be useful to somebody. Well, let's find it that, that somebody, if, if you think it might be useful, go talk to those people that you think it will be useful for, have the conversation with them, and, and then actually drive towards something that is useful with reuse. So then if another user comes in that you can create, you know, you can augment your data product to serve them, but that you actually aren't just creating data products for the sake of data products. Like they have a return on investment because there is an investment to creating these. I think that's that. I don't want to put yeah. words in your mouth, but that's kind of what I'm getting from you as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, there are also two two additional points. The product must uh, serve uh, at first the owner because uh, it's uh, it's difficult to have owners that are uh, that are. That that are um, let's say uh, th that wish to create data products uh, for the consumption of others. So this is uh, another point uh, uh, that uh, is important to me. And the other point is that when you when uh, you introduce uh, uh, the um, terminology, the definition of data products uh, and domains, uh, specifically domains. Uh, People typically um, create a representation of domains in their mind that's kind of unicorns, <laughs> something that is completely uh, different from their real life or, uh, or something uh, that has to be extremely complex. So this is another point to, to try uh, to get um, the the best guess of uh, the of the scope of the domain of the 
boundary of data product and start creating that way. Um, it's better if the guess is uh, taken together with the business or by the business uh, if have uh, the, the ability. Surely, without leaving the business alone uh, with uh, the facilitating techniques that are already in the DDD community, because uh, a, a data product designed by a, a technical with a technical mindset uh, uh, can be not uh, completely um, could could not completely satisfy the information demand, the information need of the owner. Everything else is good, okay? And with the, the definition of domains and the definition of the boundaries of the products as nothing mathematical, nothing scientific uh, nowadays, at least nowadays. So do not uh, envision something uh, extremely clean, extremely complete, extremely complex. Yeah, I, I think um, a couple of the, the episodes that we've had specifically on domain-driven design um, have talked about that domain-driven design is never right. It's, is this as best as we can do uh, given the constraints at this time and that that's okay? And that if you decide that your domains have extremely rigid boundaries, you're doing domain-driven design wrong because you're going to learn more and you're going to change them and that you don't have to get it exactly right. And that, you know, done is, or perfect is the enemy of done, right? Or perfect is the enemy of good. Like you, you, you want that thing done and good. You do want to make sure you do something that's valuable and useful, but you want it done rather than perfect. And that, you know, in so many cases that, uh, people are, are getting in that way. And exactly what you said, I've been starting to talk about the difference between data and information. And you, you threw in information a couple of times If this isn't information complete. If somebody who's really technical is designing it, it may be data complete, but it's not information complete, right? Of it doesn't share what, what is the actual, like, what, what is actually going on instead of here's some really, really clean, well-structured data it's like, but I, I don't understand what this actually means. Somebody was talking about how crucial experience is, right? Experience of, of how do you actually experience the domain? How do you experience the data that's in this? How do you experience the product? And if you have something that's overly technical, it, it the consumer doesn't understand what's going on unless they already know exactly what query they want to run or that the data is already structured for a very specific way of querying. And if somebody wants to, to poke at it in a different way, they can't. And so, you know, I, I think you, you talk, a lot of what you were saying resonates very well with uh, a lot of things that other people have kind of commented on. So um, the, you're not crazy and out on a limb. Uh, it's something that's, <laughs> that's pretty common to be talking about, but I think it's really important to say it out loud. So, um, so we, you've spent a, a ton of time uh, with me here today. I, I really, really appreciate it. Is no, there, thank you. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you think people should really think about, or is there any way you want to kind of 
wrap up and, and uh, you know, wrap it into a nice little bow if you've got one. It's totally okay if you don't, but... Oh, well, there are uh, 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 tons of details uh, on the everyday trenches of our work, uh, but I think uh, the, the main topics uh, are, are this one, uh, work on the, on the operating model, on the organizational side, uh, try to, to embrace uh, domain-driven design and, uh, and, uh, and uh, make uh, things uh, as, soon, as soon as possible uh, and, uh, and uh, be uh, as much rigid as, as the organization can uh, can handle this uh, this rigidity in the guidelines uh, as possible because uh, too much rigid uh, guidelines uh, can can be uh, seen uh, as um, uh, something uh, regulatory without any value so it's better starting less rigid uh, with uh, uh, something to recover in the future when the when the awareness is higher than uh, yeah. than making perfect nothing because nothing uh, <laughs> is delivered. <laughs> you, you have uh, some analysis paralysis uh, that blocks you. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. Again, perfect is the enemy of done. So, um, well, so Luca, if if people want to follow up with you, um, where is kind of the best place for them to do that, and and what do you want them following up with you about? What would you like people to to reach out if they've got questions on, or if they've got comments on what, where, and and what? Yeah, I think the the best channel for me is uh, LinkedIn. So. Um... Uh, appreciate any 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 comment from uh, anybody, and uh, I follow LinkedIn uh, mainly, and uh, so that's my suggestion. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, the, again, this has been so useful and helpful. So thank you so much for your time, and thank you to everybody who's uh, been listening. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Goodbye. I'd again like to thank my guest today. Luca Paganelli, who is a data architect at Grupo Hera. If you'd like to get in touch with Luca, you can find his uh, LinkedIn in the show notes as per usual. Thank you. Hopefully that interview episode was really useful for you. Please do consider getting in touch with guests from the show, from these episodes. Most have said they'd really love people to reach out to them. And please, as well, if you've got a minute, rate and review the podcast somewhere. It really is honestly super helpful for other people looking into kind of data podcasts to kind of get this in front of them. Data Mesh Radio is again provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It's produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. In April of 2023, I left Data Stacks, who were wonderful in getting the Data Mesh community stuff started. So give them a shout for streaming and real-time AI needs. But I left to start my own industry analyst kind of information as a service firm. Our offerings are affordable and you can do them on a one-off or a month-to-month basis. You know, read kind of, throw it on the credit card. Don't worry about like going through purchasing and things like that. The services include lots of practitioner roundtables, you know, one-on-one data mesh kind of planning or feedback sessions and tailored introductions to other data mesh practitioners that are focused around your topics of interest. You know, what, what are you actually running into challenges with? We also have some free programs around introductions and roundtables that people can kind of check out as well. 
Check the show notes or just go to datameshunderstanding.com for more info or helpful resources. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch as well and have a wonderful rest of your day. Now let's hear that funky outro music. Thank you.